You're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP, 788, 1510 AM, and on the web at liveatc.net slash SNF. I'm Dave Shellbetter. I am the volunteer chairman of Sun and Fun. I've been doing this now for 24 fly-ins. Next year is a big year. Next year is our 25th anniversary. It's going to be a really cool thing. Back in uh, 2007, 10 years ago, 10, 10 fly-ins ago, we had uh, tried a new experiment. We turned control of the radio deck over to these aviation podcasters, and it turned out to be a really good thing. Great symbiotic relationship. They helped us grow. We helped them grow. So we're going to do it again. We do it traditionally a Tuesday evening, opening day evening program, and a Sunday closing day morning program. And if you are listeners to the Uncontrolled Airspace General Aviation Podcast, you will also want to hear their dailies, the UCAP dailies that happen here all week, all six days of sun and fun. But I would like to welcome to the radio deck the voices in your head, Jack Hodgson, Dave Higdon, and Jeb Burnside for the What Number podcast? I have no idea. I really, truly have no idea. Four hundred. It's, it's in the four forties. Oh wait, wait! It says it right no. here. It says it right here. Wait, here we go. Well, here we go. Our notes. Four hundred forty-eight. Four hundred forty-eighth episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace General Aviation Podcast. Jack Hodgson, producer and 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 uh, cat herder, welcome. <laughs> we've got yeah. to stop meeting like this no we don't i don't want to stop meeting like this because this is one of the highlights of my year well, so that's such a that's such I, a sad that's thing sad, really sad. <laughs> I, i'm so sorry that's Dave. just so sad <laughs> and somehow or another all the cats showed up and that is the voice of dave higdon who has also uh, become a, a live host on the air live host here at sun and fun radio and the other voice is Jeb Burnside. Hello, Jeb. How, how are you? I, you know, I am here. I am at Sun and Fun. It life is good. Are your feet as wet as mine? No, I've got my special waterproof hiking boots on. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, it's, which is a good thing because my truck parked out behind the station is in Lake Sun and Fun Radio. <clears throat> we have a we have a low area behind the radio station where I always park my truck, and any time it rains, I actually have I have high water marks on my tires now, which is literally Dodge twenty five hundred Dodge Ram tomorrow. It's a Ram twenty five hundred pickup. I have got marks up above the bottom of the rim height on my tires. It was not that far from the running boards on the truck. I thought I was going to have to swim out there and move the truck. Well, what you need is those draft markers like they put on ocean going ships. So. There we go. And yeah, how many how, how many inches how to the bottom the of the wheels around yeah. the truck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the truck was sitting in about eight or ten inches of water. It's a good thing it sits up. It's a twenty five hundred, so it sits up a little bit higher. Otherwise, I'd probably be mopping out the inside of the truck. So no, we did have some rain today, and it kind of scrubbed our air show. The ceilings had to be two thousand feet for most of the performers. We were actually down. Our, our ceilings at air show time were probably thirty feet. We we were under pretty severe rain, but. Like I said, it's looking great now. So how about you? How are things somewhere near Sarasota, Florida? Everything's fine. Um, it's it's drier there. Yeah? Last time I was there, anyway. Last time you were there. It's yeah. probably not anymore. Probably not anymore. But uh, we could use a, f- a few drops of rain. So it, it should not be a big deal. 
And Debbie, how is the Queen of the Skies? Queen of the Skies is um, just fine. I've got to put her interior back in, so it's a little bit Ruh-roh. of a, it's a little bit of an in, uh, intimate operation. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, uh, that'll be accomplished hopefully by the end of the week, and I cool. might even go aviate in it. Oh, cool! Yeah, cool! Oh, great, no. great! I know. I, I will. I will warn everybody. Well, I, I would imagine you would have had, had Debbie's interior back in, except for the fact that you've been hosting uh, your, your buddy Higdon. Well, there is there is that. I, I do have other stuff to do to, to try to make money every now and then. Um, and, you know, this, uh, this working for a living stuff is I, I know. Go, man. It, it gets in the way of <laughs> it gets in the way of aircraft maintenance and, and motorcycle maintenance and and uh, just all kinds of, of mischief that I could be into, but n- not this week. Not this week. And Dave, since we're doing podcasting, how are how are things in Wichita? Uh, well, the morning after I left, it snowed <laughs> and uh, snowed all the way across Missouri into the Ohio River Valley. And uh, I've tried really, really hard to not tell the folks. Well, gee, uh, I left my snow shovel out. You're more than welcome to use it. But I'm in Florida where it's not snowing, so. We we missed out all uh, on all the slippery slidey fun. Oh boy! And and Jack, are you are you back up at Lookout Mountain? Or are you still down in the uh, the winter home of UCAP? No, I've I've been back. I I actually came here from Texas, but uh, oh. I, I was on a job. But uh, but I've been back home. I my the the my winter respite retreat ended about a month ago, and uh, made my way home. Good, good, good. Yeah, so. so, so now that I've I've done the introductions and said hello to everybody, I thought I'd maybe turn to Mike. Poor Jack is looking at me like I've just lost all control between Dave and Dave. I have no control of my own podcast Jack, anymore. Jack's fallacy is to think that he ever had control. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all his fault. Yeah, anyway. right. Yeah, it's right, all yeah. Shellbetter's fault. I thought. On that note, let me say welcome, folks, to Dave Shellbetter's uncontrolled airspace. <laughs> The General Aviation Podcast. I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm coming to you from uh, uh, one of our favorite places in all the world, the grounds of the Sun and Fun Fly-In here in Lakeland, Florida, at uh, Lakeland Linder Regional Airport, um, where it's it's a it's a nice day. I mean, it's truly. I was in Texas. It's nicer than it was in Texas, and it's nicer than it is in New Hampshire. And apparently, it's nicer than it was in Wichita. So, uh, um, who didn't mute their phone? Oh, that's me. Um, so it's a nice day here. It's wet. It's wet and rainy. But it's, it's a cool, humid evening. And I'm here with uh, with two and a half of my best friends in the world. And uh, <laughs> uh, Dave Higgins here. Hi, David. How you doing? Uh, doing great. Been here for a few days. Uh, spent a few days uh, at uh, Shea Burnside, uh, decompressing from a big work crunch that I had to clear before leaving Wichita. And uh, we hit the ground running today, did the um, morning deck duty, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. then uh, did a little real work for my real job, yep. and uh, and then back here, had a burger. Yeah. I got an adult beverage that was uh, handed to me by the nice folks over at Avidine, where they're having their customer appreciation party, mm-hmm. and thank you, Tom. We appreciate that. Uh, got us fed and back on the deck on time. Yeah. And uh, Jeb Burnside, what the heck are you doing here, man? You were supposed to be in, like, Kathmandu or something like no, that, No, right? I was going to be here. Well, let me rephrase that. Um, I had today and, and most of this week open. Yeah. Originally, and I was going to fly out on a great silver bird 
Friday-ish, I believe. That project got scrubbed. Okay. So I'm here all week, in and out, so to speak. Uh, I will not be on site all week, but right. uh, I'm but available. But we'll see your face a few times. You'll, you'll see me again. Well, that's great. I'm, gl- I'm very yeah. glad to hear that. I yeah. was, it was going to be a... a, 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 a it was going to be only one and a half of my best friends. I know. Right? And, I know. Uh, it's 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 tough when you so, have to have to yeah. split the hairs like that. I know. Well, you know. So, anyways, um, which I, one of us is a half, or are we both three quarters? We're both three quarters. Okay, I, I can wanna, deal with that. I want to point out. I, I'm just going to hold sure, the green dot. That's sure. All. There you go. <laughs> um, I want to point out to some people that we had spoken about the idea that we thought Amy was going to be joining us um, on this episode, but Amy's had some family things going on, and so she's unable to be here very long this year. I'm sorry. And she to hear was that. unable to join us here this evening. Um, but uh, I'm, I think we're going to get her on a daily tomorrow, um, so we will get a chance to talk with her a little bit. But uh, she wasn't able to be here for the full hour tonight. So, anyways, I'm looking around. We have these red lights strung around the deck here. Is there a more? Oh, they're on. Uh, is there a moral to, to? Is this like a red light district we're sitting in, or what's going on with that? Well, for those of us who aren't in the broadcasting business, those are on air lights. <laughs> it's a good thing this yeah. is radio yeah. and you can't see what's Jeb being is, Jeb is right up to date on all those signs. radio hand signals he know? is he is now those are our on the air signs this is, this, is a, this is a gun free zone oh wait no that's not what it is those are our on air lights we turn them on so that people walking by don't shout out and ask where the outhouse is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like that's you, never happened do, do, you, <laughs> do you know where my friend's camped he's got a green Cessna Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. Happens all the time. So I had an well, aviator. in an airplane. Yeah. My friend, I'm looking for my friend. He's got an airplane. What kind of plane is it? Um, it's an airplane. Tell you what. You walk about 1,000 yards that way. And ask turn, somebody else. Turn right and go to the first gate guy you see and ask the man, where the hell am I? <laughs> so I would, I'm going to ask you in a second what... Um, what the uh, sort of airplane turnout has been so far, but I bet I know the answer, and here's why I think I know the answer. Um, I, it was an ordeal for me to get here, I, and it's an aviation ordeal, so this is podcast material. Um, I was in, for the last six days, I've been in San Antonio, Texas, one of my new favorite places. I like San Antonio, by the way. Um, we should do, start doing the San Antonio podcast one of these days, but um, I was in San Antonio, Texas, and I made all these careful plans to get here as early as possible today. I mean, I literally had to get into a cab at 4 o'clock this morning in San Antonio and got to a 5.30 a.m. flight out of San Antonio to Houston where I changed planes and got on a plane that was coming to Tampa, and I was going to get to Tampa by 11. I was going to get my rental car. I was going to be here by 1. I was going to have plenty of time to get up to speed and say hi and do all these things and get everything prepped. Well, so we're flying along um, over... And by the way, once again, the trip from that part of Texas, coastal Texas, to Tampa never went feet wet. We'll talk about that at some point. We'll talk pod- about at that. At some point on the podcast. Which carrier again. was this, first This of all. was United. I believe it was Southwest last time. It was United this time. So uh, I said United, and Jeb gave that radio hand gesture again. United's not <laughs> not one of Jeb's favorite airlines. Um, so um, so we're we're motoring along, um, coming to Tampa. We're maybe an hour out of our our scheduled arrival in Tampa, and and the uh, and the pilot comes on the intercom, and uh, you know the public address. C- captain speaking. It, that's right. Yes, the captain speaking. No, no, just captain speaking. Oh, that's his, that's his name. No, that's okay. This captain is, speaking. This is your captain speaking. Yes, right. Yeah. So so Mr. Speaking, you know. So, so, 
Oh, never mind. So, so the pilot come on, comes on and he says, he says, well, I'm awful sorry, but there's, a, there's some weather, big thunderstorms moving through the Tampa area, and um, we can't get in there right now. They're, they're going to put us in a hold for a while. So um, we apparently went around in circles or around in racetracks for a while, although I couldn't tell because we were literally in white. I mean, you just couldn't see anything out the windows. And so we did that for about 45 minutes, all right? And then... Finally, um, I finally hear the engines power up, all right? And I'm going, oh, good, we're finally going to get to go in. And, and Captain Speaking comes back on the, on the intercom and says, says, well, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, all right? But they uh, still can't let us into Tampa, and they tell us that we need to be here for another half an hour, but we don't have enough gas to stay here for another half an hour. So we're going to go to uh, West Palm Beach, all right? Now, anybody who knows Florida might, might first say, because we were holding up around... Um, up uh, northern, not all the way to the peninsula, the Panhandle, but cross cities, but up there someplace, yeah, and uh, um, and apparently the reason we couldn't go into Orlando was a they had storms too, and although we might have been able to land at Orlando, he later on claimed, anyways, maybe this is just a cover story. He says um, he said that they wouldn't have been able to fuel the airplane as quickly if it was raining and thunder and lightning and whatnot. So they said we're going to go to Palm Beach. So we went to Palm Beach. Um, now, Jack, the you home realize airport. that's where I live. I was so. going to say, the home airport of a great American. Please yeah. feel free to, to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's actually some very cool airplanes on the ramp there. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. That is yeah. Palm yeah. Beach International is, is a really cool airport. Yeah, I, I saw two or three airplanes. I saw two or three private airplanes on the ramp that probably cost more than the jetliner I was in. All right. True. Um, there was some nice airplanes on the ramp there. Especially if it had United on the side. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I think we've got a theme going here. Yeah, right. Yeah, Nicholas has his operation there. Is so, anyways, Nicholas we uh, long story short, we finally got our gas. We got back in the air. Uh, we went bumping and twisting and turning, and finally found our way to Tampa, um, where I uh, finally got my uh, luggage, which took a, that wasn't so bad. And then, uh, but the foolish rental car company, who's will go, who truly will go nameless, because I'm so, f- but they took a long time to give me not the car I wanted. Long story short. I got here on site on the deck 15 minutes before the originally scheduled time for this podcast. So 15 minutes before Shabatter's introduction. Exactly. Which how however long ago that was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, we are in rare form tonight. So oh, I've got yeah. no so I've got no pre- <laughs> Higdon's the only one who's going to be in a good mood to this tonight. That's the thing, right? Um, I'm so- in a great mood. So I've got no preparation here. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. But uh, so our airplanes. So I guess the whole point of my long rambling rant is that there was a lot of crazy weather in Florida today. Did that prevent private airplanes from getting in here? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there was a, a nasty line of storms north of us from what? Yesterday, the day before. There's been this this line of crap moving across, just taking its meandering time north of us, which. Yeah, so yeah. we we don't have a lot of people here there's, yet. There's a front dipping down from the from uh, the main mainland, so to speak, and uh, about a day every day it moves a couple of hundred miles. And yesterday it was hammering the Panhandle, mm-hmm. and today it's hammering the peninsula. Yeah, and tomorrow it'll hammer ham- Hidden River. Okay. Oh, so it's mo- I see. It's moving south like it's that. Moving yeah. south like that. Yeah. yeah. And there's just and just kind of water moisture clouds to stream in off the Gulf and. Uh, precipitate yeah yeah apparently it rained a lot i mean a lot of rainfall here today right Got- oh yeah 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 it started about what doc 
ten thirty, eleven o'clock? Uh, about five, eleven. About five after eleven, because I just come off my chair mm-hmm. from my nine to eleven shift when it opened up, and it was so loud that for a few minutes you wouldn't have been able to talk on this radio station without the background modulation overpowering your voice. Yeah. Uh, and it got dark. You couldn't see more than a hundred yards to the north. Uh, and it ebbed and flowed and uh, and flowed and ebbed. Yeah. Flowed and what's and uh, again? What hours? I mean, it literally it just stopped. Like, oh yeah. Uh, not within the last hour, the rain stopped. It has been raining nonstop. Yeah. yeah. For the last like six hours. So, but the airport they didn't close the airport, did they? Were were people were if you could get in, were they letting you in? I don't think anybody could get. I in. don't think you could get in. I don't. Yeah. There was. I there, saw. They were advertising. Somebody. Oh yeah, a thousand foot ceiling and yeah, a thousand right. foot ceiling this morning before yeah. the rain hit. Okay. Um. So yeah. Right. And oh. and t- today was one of those days where uh, an experienced, seasoned instrument pilot looks at it and goes, "Not only no." But hell no. <laughs> I, I wish you all could have seen the look in his eyes right there. Because he was telling us this. He was doing one of the little bits. All right. He was, and, he was trying it, to figure out which word to use yeah, next. Right. And it was just suddenly like, uh-oh, I'm on AM radio. Uh-oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm, I'm on radio here. So. <laughs> what do I say? Uh-oh, all right. Um, so uh, but so no air, very few airplanes arrived. What are the grounds like? Is, airport, air, is the ground saturated? Are they going to be able to park airplanes on the grass? Ah. Uh, Around it's awfully soggy. Yeah, around here, just where we are at the radio station and where I've been since I got her here, you know, early afternoon, it's pretty soggy. Yeah. I would not want to park my airplane in in any of this yeah. and in plan to get it out anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. nor would I. Now, well, having said that, the folks who run this place know how to deal with these kinds of things. They do. They the know fl- how to evaluate the, the ground and only put right. you places the where The flip side good. of that is they, they won't necessarily put you in one of those soggy places. Right, yeah. Thankfully, the demand for parking spots are probably not that great today. Yeah, today. So you know, they can they can afford to stick you in, in the, high, quote, high ground, unquote, yeah. in Florida. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, my... Uh... Well, and it, it's something to think about here. If you'd have flown in and got parked, it's conditioned the groundsmen in most of the day. Uh, I'm not sure that the tie-downs would take... If big winds came along later, mm, okay, and they will, then they will. So uh, I, I wouldn't have come here. Uh, I'd have landed up about Leesburg, mm-hmm. uh, Florida, and sat there and, and waited for uh, until about now. And, and I would come in now, and the airport doesn't officially close for another fifty-seven minutes. Um, yeah, no, yeah, that's part of the things that they try to teach you in instrument training. It's when to know better. Timing is everything. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm all firsthand experience on you know um, when you should and shouldn't. You know, I have instruments. I can fly through this weather, but you know, personal loss tells me that there are times where you say, not just no, but yeah. hell no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, go I, somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't have to be there, there Rod Machado. Uh, is or not? I'm sorry. I'm using the talk, saying the wrong person. Ken Dravis, who's a, a pilot and a song, a singer and stuff. He has a song called "Don't Take Chances," and it's and the the theme of the song is "Don't Take Chances with Your Life." And there's old pilots and there's bold pilots, but there are very few old bold pilots, with mm-hmm. the exception, of course, yeah. of our flying fighters from the from the war. You know, you 
be smart or you be dead. Yeah. You know? So, and that's, that's what you, one of the things you learn. Yeah. But the, uh, the forecast is good, though, as I understand it. What, what forecast I've seen is the, for the rest of the week is pretty good, right? Well, it's better I than it was now that I've about said that. three days ago for the rest of the week. Yeah, so, uh, yeah we, were, we, were sitting, we don't have a device. David and I were sitting in Hidden River the other night looking at uh, the long range for Lakeland, and it was not good, but I think that has moderated a bit. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we are going to take a quick little break here. Uh, we're going to put our heads together and see if we can come up with something to talk about. Um, but we're going to come back. It's and, never uh, been a problem for us And before. do some more uh, online, on deck, uh, on the grounds of Sun and Fun 2018 hangar flying. Uh, anyways, we'll be back. It's a very special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on Sun and Fun Radio. Hello, aviators. This is pilot Jim G, and you're listening to Sun and Fun Radio, WPEP 788. Broadcasting at 15.10 a.m. from Lakeland, Florida, and streaming live on the web at liveatc.net forward slash SNF. If your dream is to be a commercial pilot, flight instructor, or to specialize in the business side of the aerospace industry. And now back to the Sun and Fun Radio Deck, brought to you in part by Women in Aviation International. Hello. And we're back. Hello. Hello, <laughs> on the grounds of the Sun and Fun 2018 Let's, let's try that again. <laughs> yeah. Hello. 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 Yeah, okay. Now, yeah, see, we shouldn't have done that. That, one is, that was a bad idea. Um, so, we just looked at the weather, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful week all the way through until we do this podcast again at the very end of the show. Sunny and it's going to rain again that morning. So, oh well. So, if you're in, in Sound of Our Voice, yeah, which could be you know both time and uh, distance yeah. uh, related... Um, come on down. Yes, yeah. because uh, this is as bad as it's going to get this week. Yeah, no. Uh, the weekend might be a little sloppy. It might be a little yeah. iffy, but come on down. The yeah. weather's great. Going to be great. There's lots of people here, and if there aren't lots of people here, well, you got plenty of parking. You got plenty of space in the hangars. You got plenty of time and attention from the vendors. So what what could go wrong? No, and, and some of the best of the whole show has yet to come. Exactly right. Yeah, really. Exactly. This is just opening day. It's just opening day. And and as my, uh, my uh, three quarter friend uh, Chairman Shellbetter pointed <laughs> pointed out, the weather does seem to have broken now. Um, it, you know, the, it's although it's still overcast, um, it's no longer even even. Ba- vaguely raining, um, so it's, it's, it's turning nice. It's, it's a gonna, shame we don't have some device we could use to actually check the weather. Yeah, here well, no, yeah, I put my hand out here. You, when I was a boy, we used to have to go to a flight service station at the airport. All right, we used to talk to them, and they'd look out the window. All right, and tell you what the weather was. That was the good old days. Oh, it's like don't the, don't go there with me, young so, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm I'm a I'm a uh, modern day flight service station. Here. Wait, that's how, is, is that, that anything like? Wait a minute. Yeah, it was a flight service station. Flight, yeah, you don't even know what they were. What? Yes, they were called flight service stations. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, but and they were, were really five hundred and some odd of them around some the of country. Them. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and they used to actually have somebody there. Mm-hmm. And when you were doing your solo cross countries, you'd actually have to go in and get them to sign your logbook. And uh, well, you could get them to sign your logbook at the flight store. You had to have your logbook signed. It didn't have to be at a flight service station. Yeah, I know. But you know, so that's how the yeah, you know who needs these. You don't need no stinking device. I'm going to look out here and see that the weather's turning nice already. Mm-hmm. Well, is that anything like the wet rope meteorological system? That's it, pretty it, much it, exactly. It's like pretty that. much close to that, yeah. The wet, if the rope's wet, it's raining. If the rope's frozen, it's, it's cold. Mm-hmm. If the rope's blowing horizontally, it's windy. Mm-hmm. You look at the <laughs> thermometer, and you got everything you there need. There you go. Right. There you go. That's right. So, 
Anyways, I arrived here 15 minutes ago, so all I know is it's not raining anymore. But you guys have been here for a little while. Jeb, what have you, what's going on? What's, uh... I got here shortly after noon. I uh, totally ignored uh, the radio station and went off on my own. Um, went through all the hangars, talked to a few people, got some interesting uh, information. Um, for example, um, I forget the uh, it's, uh, uh, Sky West is hiring. They have a booth here. They're looking for flight crew. I think just about anybody with an airliner is looking for flight crew. Yeah, these well, days. that's true, right? Uh, but we had an interesting conversation, and uh, they didn't hire me on the spot. But uh, uh, you know, time will tell. You're going to get your money's worth out of this ATP uh, one way or the other, one, right? One way or the other. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I did that. I signed up for this. By the way, truly is kind of a fantasy of yours. Becoming what? flight crew of some sort, not necessarily on a scheduled airline. You want to be a bush pilot in South America. That's what you want, don't you? I I don't have any any fixed or, or set objective in that regard. Yeah, it, it would not bother me to go out and earn money uh, by flying an airplane, mm-hmm. but it's not something I lay awake at night worried about. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see. You know, if when the right opportunity comes up. When someone comes knocking on my door, you know, saying, come with me, you know, I'm going to put you in the left seat or right seat of something, you know, that'll be a different conversation. But, um, no, there's a, I forget the name of it. I didn't even get a brochure. There's a a volunteer uh, uh, flying organization looking for volunteer pilots, preferably those with airplanes, uh, doing environmental research. Oh, okay. And uh, the young woman I spoke with is out of the New Orleans area. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, a lot of environmental uh, aerial survey work sure. can be done around there. Same thing for Florida. So, uh, is this I, the same outfit that? Remember, James used to fly, and they used to count swans or something like that. I, I think it's a different outfit, but it's certainly similar in um, in um, operation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, this one's not really counting swans, but maybe photographing um, um, uh, oil spills or something okay. like that you know yeah it kind of depends on the mission i would, I would they think. still still want to do that with real airplanes they're not tr- they still want to do that with with real airplanes they uh, uh have not transitioned to uh autonomous drones or drones of any kind mm-hmm. uh, i suspect um uh there's any number of operational reasons for that yeah yeah but so, uh, so i signed up for that um you know shook hands talked with a few people in, in, in some of the other hangars that i that are kind of regulars Yep. Uh, that you see all the time. Hey, sure. Jeb, how's it going? Oh, it's great. You know, you know, glad yep. to see you here. Yep. Uh, you know, how's the show going? Yada yada. Um, so did a lot of that. Um, did some shopping. Ooh. Got okay. Some, got some more hardware. How unusual. I know this. I know this comes as a shock. <laughs> um, so did some shopping. Got some hardware for the airplane, and you know, just kind of restoring the the supply of of nuts and bolts mm-hmm, that uh, mm-hmm. I need from time to time. Yep. Um. Let's see, bought a, uh, oh, this was a big deal. I bought a nav light bulb. A nav light bulb. A nav light bulb. One of the nav lights on my airplane is in op. Yeah. So I bought another bulb. And it was like a $89? No, it was like 10 Okay. No. So you, you didn't take that opportunity to put LEDs in place of the... The LEDs are priced at like a buck fifty a piece. Yeah. Versus 10 bucks. A piece. When you say a buck fifty, you mean a hundred? I mean a hundred fifty. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, you'd never have to replace it again. Only this is the first time I've had to replace a nav light since I've owned the airplane. That's been twenty years. 
So that's pretty good mileage for ten bucks. Yeah, so I'm content with my decision. Yeah. Um, but you only replaced. Are these like what? what which particular navelites are these? In this specific instance, it's the left one, the red one. And so you replaced one and not both at the same time. Well, I'm kind of half serious. Wouldn't that be advisable? They won't let me replace one tire on my car. Yeah, I don't know when the last time the green one was replaced. It's entirely possible that I've replaced it and forgotten about it. But I'm certainly convinced that it's been at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of which is, you know, previous owners, who knows what they did. Yeah. But uh, for 10 bucks and I'm, I'm legal at night again, that's, that's golden okay. for me. All right. Yeah. yeah. So. David, you've been here for a few days. What, what have you? What's been notable for you? Well, the last couple of days I spent helping uh, the radio station get set up and, yeah, and ready yeah. to go, getting golf carts, getting passes on the golf carts. Uh, the, you know, they're doing the wiring and all. Things were running late yesterday uh, because of some foobar with a, a contractor, and that didn't get straightened out until yesterday evening late. And the rest of this stuff here didn't get done until about 10 o'clock last night. So uh, uh, today was my first day working. Uh, I did the morning radio show from uh, 9 to 11. I'm doing that every morning. Uh, hit one press conference, uh, came back, stowed some stuff, and then I hit Building A. Okay. And I never got out of Building A because I kept seeing, like Jeb, people I needed to talk to, wanted to talk to, say hello, Dave. Uh, my, my, my good friends at Women in Aviation International, uh, visited with them a little bit, uh, stopped by, uh, uh, Craig Barnett's, uh, operation, but never got a chance to talk to him, uh, and actually managed to pick up two story prospects from building a while I was in there to, uh, to, uh, pitch to a client. And I've left a voice message on the, uh, answering machine for that that particular editor and i uh, hope to hear back from him tomorrow giving me the go-ahead so i can wrap those both up here while i'm here mm-hmm. uh, visited the building next door to uh, catch up with jeb a little bit saw some old friends from montana uh mike and Jeannie ferguson uh the, whom i've known for 36 years and uh and then it was time to get ready for this yeah uh, and here we are again. Yeah. Here we are again. Do you expect to do anything or see anything or buy anything or learn anything this week regarding your Sonics build? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I saw a new piece of avionics today that was just unveiled today. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, it's only available in one size, and its size is too big for me to consider. But it is a good uh, a good story prospect. Uh I expect to spend a lovely evening with uh, some old friends out on the Warbirds ramp tomorrow night watching the night air show on Wednesday night, which is something that you need to come by for if you've never seen it. It's a spectacular. Uh, it really event. is. It really is. A lot of us, myself for sure, have become a little little um, jaded um, jaded about the air show in general, um, the daytime air show, um, because we've kind of seen them and, you know, every now and then a new act comes along. But the night air show is just, just you know, almost universally interesting and they're doing one wednesday night and then they're doing another one saturday night so two reasons to come down if you're within the sound of our voice and if nothing else travel time you can see the lights in the cowling the lights they have lights in the cowling cowling. they have lights in the cowling but i will be visiting with a a couple of vendors about avionics for my uh for my project 
Uh, I got a couple of forums I want to hit about things like wiring and uh, painting and designing your own interior because uh, I've got a vendor lined up that'll sew it up for me. Uh, and I want to get some ideas on how to do it. Uh, I want to put certified materials in the airplane, even though it's not required as an experimental. And I'll do a little shopping for that here. Uh, I'll do my morning shift here every morning mm-hmm. and uh, and then go out and hit the grounds and uh, uh, spend a little time yesterday over in Paradise City. Yeah. Uh, saw several friends over there. That place is really hopping. Uh, some good stuff going on there. Some nice airplanes. Uh, definitely worth a swing through while you're on the grounds here mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they do some flying uh, at times of day when uh, – you you might be tired of walking around the exhibits and the and the buildings, and you just want to sit on the bleachers and watch some fun airplanes go by. Oh, absolutely! We did a daily there last last year. Yeah, uh, just we'll, we'll do another there. one this week. Yeah, just sitting there watching those airplanes. Um, uh, so were they flying at Paradise City today? Uh, even though the weather was weird, uh, I don't know about in the morning. the The ceiling was awfully low this yeah. morning, so. I doubt seriously they got a lot of flying in before the rain started because the rain started, like I said, just a couple of minutes after 11 this morning and didn't let up. And it definitely those guys are not flying in, in, in that stuff. Uh, but it'll it'll, it'll uh, get more lively with the nicer weather that's coming for the next few days. Oh, for sure. Oh, for yeah, sure. because they fly almost all day over there. And they've uh, got nice nice grounds a nicer runway they got bleachers for you to sit in and mm-hmm. watch the flying got a yeah. lot of vendors uh so it's it, it's it's a nice diversion for anybody that's looking for something fun to fly I saw an old friend of mine tom Beginney, with uh, flight design he's here uh dan johnson from llama uh they've got a nice display set up and they're going to be busy all week so uh it, it, there's no end to the opportunities it's just a matter of Sticking a pin in the show map and deciding which way to go. Yeah. Well, Jack, let me ask you. Uh oh. Yeah. What is it you want to see this week? Interesting question. So, um, one of the things I'm thinking about is, and I didn't need to come to Sun and Fun to do this, but this is a great opportunity for me to do it. And that is, um, so anybody who listens who, who listens between the lines, if you will, on the podcast, recognizes that I haven't flown a lot in a while, and I'm really trying hard to get return to flight these days, and I'm about to do that. It's, there have been some false starts, but it's going to happen. And um, and it's gotten me to think about electronic flight bag type stuff, all right? Um, and coincidentally, sort of somewhat unrelated to my return to flight, I just bought myself a cool new iPad um, and um, that has all the right stuff in it, um, and I probably ought to buy ForeFlight. And you're shaking your head. Is I'm nodding. Yeah, I'm nodding. you're nodding. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, that's still the one, apparently. Um, I have limited experience with other EFB apps. <clears throat> I started with with ForeFlight. I looked at. Um, well, let me back up. I started with ForeFlight, uh, obviously on an iPad because ForeFlight is only available for iOS devices. Um, I didn't like the iPad I was using, which. <laughs> it was an iPad one. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was, um, hey. And and transferred all that stuff to to the Android platform, and tried various different um, EFB applications on the Android. Um, and I got to the point where um, I was missing some things. I won't necessarily mention the application I'm thinking of, 
But uh, just you know, this is just not working the way I want it to do. It's not as slick as and as refined, uh, the, uh, as, at least as far as the interface is concerned, as uh, as ForeFlight is. So I w- went back. I went and bought a uh, an iPad Mini two, uh, and uh, loaded up ForeFlight on it, and uh, haven't turned back. So. Quick answer is yeah, I would strongly recommend it. In your situation, you can get by with probably the uh, well. I don't know. I I, I forget what the what uh, uh, services are offered in their various price tiers. Right. But yeah. I would certainly get the services that allow weather and traffic to be displayed as long as you have. Well, oh, that sounds like a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I have another friend who was who was uh, uh, touting the one of the higher pa- you know packages. That apparently um, automatically logs your flights. Basically, kind of keeps track of your logbook. They for all you. do, I think. Do they? I'm not sure. Uh, he, he seemed to imply that you had to go to the higher package to to get this, and but, that may well be the case. And, and he liked it because it, it sort of was a no brainer. Yeah, to I, I've get got all your that. Stuff logged. Um, and uh, I mean, my my installation of of uh, ForeFlight allows that. Um, you can use it on uh, um, at least two devices. There might be. Might be two iPads and an iPhone or something like that, but uh, uh, you can certainly use it on two iOS devices. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they're they're going to be around. They're not going anywhere, and uh, they're kind of the the eight hundred pound gorilla. Sure, sure. I think we talked about this on the podcast a couple episodes ago about how a long time ago, I mean, like eight years ago or something like that, um, we were talking about. Did we talk about this on the podcast or not? So um, someone referred me um, um, to an old episode, a fragment from an old episode, where I was talking about my first iPad, I think is what it was. Or No, I had just gotten my iPhone. It was longer than that. I would just gotten my iPhone, and I was singing the praises of my iPhone. And Higdon here, all right, who ironically has become like the tech, you know, superstar. He knows all this stuff now. But he was poo-pooing the whole idea of smartphones and, all right. Um, and uh, I remember that, yeah. yes. And and somewhere along the line, someone said, oh, you know, you got to take a look at this new website for pilots that's just appeared. It's just a website, but you can get it on your phone now. It's this thing called foreflight.com, all right. This one, for, I mean, this is like, you know, when the iPad was just a, you know, a dream, right? Um, and uh, so we talked about ForeFlight that long ago, okay? And then here at Sun and Fun, I'm pretty sure, yes, I'm sure it was here at Sun and Fun, it was like the Sun and Fun when they first announced their their iOS version, all right? Their, their one that was native. I don't know if it was an iPad or whatever it was. And they had a raffle, all right, where they were going to give away a one-year subscription, okay? And and. I don't know how he pulled in strings, and I'm not even sure if he's listening. I, I'm saying this thinking that he's listening, but he's probably not. Um, my three-quarter friend, uh, uh, Chairman Schaubetter, all right, managed to win the raffle. Okay? All right? He won the raffle to a one-year subscription to an iOS-only piece of software, right? And God bless Schaubetter, but he's like the least iOS guy I know, all right? And so, but he gifted the subscription to me. All right, so I actually had ForeFlight for a whole year back then, and uh, um, it was when I was flying a little bit, but not very much, and didn't really get into it. Which is a long lead into the question of whether it was, and it was great. I liked it; it did good things, you know, for me. Um, it feels like over the years it's become. They've added a lot of stuff to it. I don't want to use the word bloated because I'm not. I don't want to connote. It is richly featured. Yeah. Now, in a good way, I'm kind of serious. I mean, it, because a lot of apps, this is a bad. Th- this is common for apps to go too far. All right. Yeah, and, and I won't sit here and blow smoke. That affliction affects ForeFlight to an extent. Okay. Um, 
at the same time, uh, it's well organized. You can certainly get yourself in trouble. You can certainly get yourself in trouble with it, but um, you can generally figure out how to get out of what you got into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the trick, of course, is preferably not while you're flying. Yeah, well, you, you need yeah. to sit down and familiarize yourself with it before you turn the key. Yeah, yeah. David, have you given, I bet you have, given thought to what you're going to do EFB-wise for when you start flying the Sonics? Uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't made any decisions about it, and I'm still using a uh, a, uh, a Bendix King, uh, what did you call it? Aviator. Yeah, Aviator Ace. Uh, okay. Built That's one of the GPS. The dedicated d- device. Yeah, it's yeah. a dedicated EFB. GPS is built into it. It's WAS. It has features like horizontal profile with obstacles alerts. And uh, it's it's a nice program. It's a nice program. It's old now. And there's a lot of features that it doesn't have. Like I can't put a flight plan in it and then update it to something in my panel. So what I'm probably, probably going to do is... The systems that are highest on my list all have a way for me to either put a dongle on or it's built into the hardware so that I can use a, a tablet or a notebook flight plan and then upload it and then it'll be there. Uh, and that'll be uh, indigenous to the IFR GPS that I'm planning on putting in mm-hmm. too. Uh, it's just a big step saver and you don't have to worry about making a mistake entering a code or a waypoint when you're trying to key in what you'd already planned on. Sure uh, you can. <laughs> the, uh, the the panel I envision, though, it be uh, a 7-inch uh, primary flight display and a 4-inch primary flight display with identical features. Uh, the only difference is going to be the size. Uh, both of them will have uh, its synthetic vision. Uh, both of them have uh, the ability to drive an autopilot. And in talking to the uh, vendors of these, both of these systems, I, all I have to do is put a switch in, flip the switch in, and it goes from one PFD driving the autopilot to the other one driving the autopilot. And it'll take the flight plan information and guidance from the GPS. So it'll be as close to a corporate cockpit as I can possibly put in an airplane that small. Uh, some of the avionics are going to be remotely mounted uh, on an avionics shelf, and I've already drawn plans up to put an access port in the belly of the airplane mm-hmm. before I close it up because there's no way I'm crawling through the luggage compartment of a YX to get to that shelf later on. Hole saw. Yeah. Just get a hole saw. <laughs> yeah. uh, going to put a shelf there. Uh, the uh, transponder and the uh, ADSB out in the end will be remotely mounted, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll be able to control those both through either of the uh, primary flight displays. Uh, the IFR GPS I put in will have a VHF comm. I'll put a second comm in with uh, the ability to control it through the PFDs, but the box itself will be remotely mounted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll keep the panel from getting too cluttered and from squeezing myself out of the available space. Uh, both of these boxes, uh, primary flight displays, have their own built-in standby battery. And uh, I will be putting in a, a backup system so that I can power everything else that I need to in the event of an alternator failure mm-hmm, off mm-hmm. of a uh, lithium-ion battery that's going to be the battery I right. put in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Hey, we're going to take a little break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk uh, a bit about what we're expecting to see uh, throughout the week, some of the highlights that are, that are coming up and things that we're looking forward to other than things we want to buy, which is always a plus, you know, a good thing to talk about. But we'll talk about that. Also, Jeb tells me we need to have a board meeting, so uh, we'll, we'll do that here and uh, see what it is that he's got on the agenda for that. Um, but in the meantime, we're going to take a break. We're coming to you from uh, spring break for pilots, the sun and fun fly-in 2018. Uh, you're listening to a very special episode of uncontrolled airspace on sun and fun radio sun and fun thanks our sponsor aviators hotline aviators hotline is the trusted monthly resource and we're back here on the deck so i was going to ask you yeah um we've talked and you mentioned a moment ago uh you're trying to get back into this into the left seat kind of thing yep what kind of obstacles are you looking at right now the the biggest obstacle i'm running into right now is uh, s- s- scheduling in various forms mm-hmm. um, uh, is that uh, uh, there's just work scheduling is gets in the way. Um, then there's um, that I so dislike winter, right? That I, I just don't like. Right. You know, I it doesn't. It takes. It subtracts a lot for me. The the, the you know the enjoyment of it all, having to do it on a freezing cold airport, oh, I airport agree. ramp. I agree. Um, and so that kind of like you know reduces my uh, you know interest um i had sort of hoped i had this fantasy when i was down visiting you during the winter that i would do it while i was here but visiting you this is kind of just a whirlwind of you know in a good way but it's a it's a whirlwind and so that never really came to pass yes um so uh you know um but uh, it's it's you know i mean i kind of drifted away i don't know why i drifted away i just drifted away for because scheduling was harder and work was hard you know and and got in the way and and you know, although money's not a problem now, it was a problem off and on over time. You know, it was you know a little bit harder to justify spending the money. And uh, well, you're still planning to grab a uh, steam gauge Skyhawk. That's that's what I had booked a couple times and okay. was unable to follow through on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, an, an S model. Um, right, right. And uh, which I I've flown. I've actually flown this airplane before, a long time ago. Okay. Um, and so, but I but I basically have been out out of the left seat so long that it's going to be a you know. A, a, you know, you're a full-blown uh, um, recurrency kind of thing. Just remember, the airplane knows how to fly better than you do. Okay. Someone was telling me a story. Yeah, okay. No, I take that. I, I, that's good advice. I value that. And, uh, I'm, you know, I just got to break the ice and, and get back mm-hmm. to it. And, and I'm home for about three weeks after I finish here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll give it another shot and, uh, and see how that goes. But uh, um, the airplane knows how to fly. I laughed because uh, someone was telling me the story. Who was I talking to? Oh, I, at my day job, I was talking to one of the, uh, the, the. I, I can't be too open about who I have to be discreet about who I work for, um, who our clients are. It's kind of a proprietary information thing, non-disclosure, all that kind of fun stuff. Anyways, I was talking to one of the staff members of our client company. You work for Stormy Daniels? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I told you we're not supposed to talk about it, all right? Um, and... Uh, and so he and I are sitting there chatting and uh, about you know technology because that's why we're there, all right. And he says, "So what, where do you go next? What do you you know?" He, and he was curious about my work as a, a contractor and an event guy. He said, "Where do you go next?" And I said, "Well, uh, next I go to a job that's in a different industry altogether. It's, uh, I do this podcast and then a little bit of aviation journal in aviation." And his eyes brightened up, all right. Um, and he goes, "Really?" He says, "You're?" And he says, "He says uh, I'm. I, he says I'm not a pilot, all right. I never got my license, but I've always loved aviation." Um, he was a line boy when he was a teenage, teenager. All right, so was I. All right, he was a line boy, and he, boy, and he, and uh, you know, pumped gas the whole thing, the whole story, and uh, and we spent 
almost an hour sitting there during a big long break kind of time and uh and he was just telling me all these stories about uh, his adventures being a line boy and all the things that happened you know absolutely and he went off and joined the air force not as a pilot but as a, as a different kind of, of uh, mission and uh and and served our, our country that way and uh, um and then got into tech eventually later on. I uh, served our country by not being in the military. So. It's for, all for the best, right? Yeah. It's all for the best. Um, so anyways, he. Uh, uh, but one of the stories he told me was about, uh, uh, he, he was kind of, he was on this riff about about uh, stupid pilot tricks kinds of stuff, you know. And and he said, and this he's still like a teenager, so nobody listens to him, right? You know, but he had some pilot that had, you know, more airplane than he really knew how to fly, like a, like a 182 or some sort of, you know, that kind of scale airplane um that hadn't been flown in like over a year okay and uh and the guy comes out and he's like i want to go fly my airplane all right and he said well the battery's almost certainly dead sir would you like us to put a charger on the battery all right and the guy goes no i'm just gonna prop it okay and so and the kids just this is interesting because both jeb and dave are putting their hands over their eyes video of this no this is way back but way back when i'm afraid i would that would have been great he says uh um, and so he said the guy got on and he said the guy didn't tie it down. He didn't chalk the wheels. He didn't, and he, and he actually stood, he, he just describing it. He says he stood behind the prop. All right. Sort of in front of the strut, I guess. All right. And set the controls to what he thought was the right settings. All right. And then reached out. And I'm thinking this is going to be fine because there's no way he's going to hand prop a 182 that hasn't run in a year. Okay. All right. And so he apparently reached down and gave it a couple of throws. All right. And it started. All right. And it started with a little more power than it should have had, all right? And and he's, like, pushing back on the strut, trying to get it to not, you know? <laughs> and he falls down, and apparently the thing it doesn't roll over him, but rolls past him, all right? You know, and the airplane just goes off down, and apparently just bounce. You, know, you, you, you can picture what happened here. The airplane's trying to fly, but not quite. Apparently was headed towards some parked airplanes, and just, like, some some god of aviation was watching, because apparently it veered just at the, la- at the right moment, and it missed these airplanes, and it kept trying to bound and do this, and it was going off across the grass bounding and porpoising a little bit and then finally it got to like a ditch where it just kind of like just nosed straight into the ditch and just boom stopped dead you know and uh that was that. Are but, you at liberty to say which airport this is? Uh, was. I, I probably would be at liberty if I remembered. Where did he say? Um, I'm trying to mean, I, I certainly don't remember the airport name, port name. I'm trying to remember if he told me what part of the country it was. I think it was like Ohio-ish or something like that. But uh, yeah, so stupid pilot trips, tricks. We were, uh, Annie and I were in the uh, Cherokee just doing some round-robin flying one weekend. and We'd gone to Ponca City for breakfast. And then we... Uh, Flew up to uh, another airport about 60 miles farther north from Wichita. Then we came back to Benton, what was in Benton Air Park, now Stearman Field. And uh, we're going to sit on the front porch in the rocking chairs, get a couple of sodas, and just watch the afternoon traffic ebb and flow. And in comes this beautiful Taylor Craft. Just come out of a three-year restoration. Got a polished metal prop, new fabric. Beautiful paint job, custom interior. This guy's, you know, just, he's really, really proud of his airplane, which he should have been. And we get to talking to him, and, you know, it's a Taylor Craft with no electrical system, so every start is a hand prop. And he does it like he's supposed to from behind the prop. And, uh, but turns out that this is only the second time he's starting the airplane. Since he got it out of the shop, the, 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 the start 
for the flight up there was provided, the Armstrong power was provided by uh, the guy that did the mechanical work on the airplane. And the owner's sitting in there, and as soon as it fired up, he pulls the throttle back, and he's on the brakes, and goes off to uh, to Benton and showing off the airplane. And somebody says, and so uh, when you fly, do a couple of passes, we'll get a couple of pictures. Oh, he gets all fired up about that. Uh, he didn't really know where to set the, the throttle in terms of how far in. So... Big, tall, gangly guy, blue jeans, cowboy boots. He uh, turns it over a couple of times, reaches in, turns the mags on, sets the throttle. Prop. Fires on the first turn and runs away. About a half throttle. About half throttle. And for the next four minutes, we watched him hanging on to the left strut. Was heels. there was there the th- was the theme to the Benny Hill show playing in the background? It should have been. <laughs> it should have been because there's three sets of marks as this thing is spinning around with him holding onto the left strut from behind. The the heels of his cowboy boots, the heels of his cowboy boots, the left wheel, and then the left wingtip, and it does about six three sixties in an outward spiral and it's just getting more and more pronounced and finally he gives up and he lets go and it goes straight into a Cessna 205 <sighs> metal prop chopped the cowl to ribbons before it finally hit and stopped owner of the 205 comes out he's on a cross country unhappy <laughs> unhappy he ain't getting <laughs> home the way he got there <laughs> But that doesn't compare to the look on the face of the guy who just spent two years and a lot of money getting that T-craft back into shape. And uh, somebody came up to him and said, so what are you going to do? He says, well, can't talk to the insurance people until Monday. But when I get home, I'm calling my mechanic to see what it would take for us to put an electric starter on the engine. (laughs) Because when it gets fixed, I'm not going through this again. Last... uh um, last time I saw anybody uh, hand prop anything, um, I was in uh, my hangar in Venice, Florida, several years ago, and uh, there was a guy uh, across the uh, the taxiway there had a very nice Cessna 170, and I'm in my hangar one day working on the airplane doing something, and I see him pull his airplane out and and um, uh, prep it for for a flight and and um, I said, I thought your alternator was bad. I said, yeah. I said, battery's dead. I'm just going to hand prop it. I said, oh, well, I'll just watch from here. <laughs> yeah. And um, he, uh, you know, did whatever he needed to do in the cockpit and whatnot and and uh, got behind the prop, between the prop and the strut on this 170 on the pilot side and reached up and just kind of flicked his wrist and prop started and... and Engine started is turning over about four hundred fifty five hundred RPM, just just barely running, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just perfect and effortless and the way it should be done. Yeah. And uh, I'll I'll never forget that. All, cool. all the stories we hear, otherwise that we've just talked about, um, they're right way and the wrong way yeah. to do anything. Yeah. One of the most memorable of those kinds of stories I ever heard was a guy who was taking his little little son. It's like 
you know, five-year-old son flying one day. And, and it was probably like a, a cub or, or maybe it was that kind of small tail dragger, T-craft. Um, and, and he took his son, he strapped his son into the airplane and, um, and then set the controls and, and, and did in fact set the controls properly. The throttle was proper. All right. Um, and, uh, uh, and then got out and went to prop the airplane. All right. And he propped it and the airplane started. All right. And then the son learning from his dad did what he saw his dad always do, which is push the throttle in. Oh my. <laughs> and, I wish I, I can, now having you gotten that far, I apologize because I can't remember exactly, all I know is the kid, did, kid was okay, nobody was hurt, right? I, I think it went a little ways and then hit a fence or something like that, um, but uh, it was just like the kid just pressed in, the, you know, oh yeah, this is what dad does, uh, do it, all right. I had a friend of mine um, was on the receiving end or something like that, the, uh, as I recall, it was a, a Super Cub on floats, mm-hmm. and uh, he was loading it, had a passenger, and got everything started and had a dead battery for some reason and says all right i'm gonna get out here and, and you're gonna you're not gonna touch anything and i'm gonna start the engine then i'm gonna climb back in the cockpit and um the passenger who non-pilot passenger said all right yeah fine so all that worked right up until the point of the passenger not doing anything for some reason the passenger moved you know stretched her elbow or or something like that and and uh, uh, added some throttle, and airplane starts trucking off across the lake, and and uh, uh, the the pilot is still on the float, still has to ma- still has to maneuver around the strut, okay. still has to climb in, and you know try to get into the back of the airplane, yeah, because you you so because that's where you well in this I guess. Yeah, it doesn't make any difference, front or back. It's not easy to get yeah, in under the in best this of circumstances. Case, in yeah. this case, he could have gotten in the front, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, hilarity ensued. Yeah, yeah. One of the most frightened I've ever been around an airplane was when I was working for this little outfit uh, headquartered in uh, Frederick, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And we had a member visiting who wanted to show off. He was an artist. And he taught art at a university. And he's got a pit's. It's got a two-hole pits with a 200-horse injected continental uh, Lycoming engine in it. Mm-hmm. It's about 30 degrees outside. He's got a preheat on. Goes to start it. Battery's dead. You can't really get to the battery to jumpstart it all that easily. Mm-hmm. So he comes back in, and my boss says, Hey, grab your jacket and uh, go out and... Help this guy get his airplane started. How do I help him do that? Well, he'll show you how to hand prop it. Okay, I'd hand propped weed hoppers. I'd hand propped quicksilvers. I'd hand propped drifters, all of which had you know little Rotax or Cayuna engines and uh, wooden props. And here's this big metal prop on this pit special. The oil's been warmed up. He shows me how to do it. I turn it over a few times, doing the starting motion practice with the ignition off. And then it goes, okay, contact, ignition's on. Propped it. It's 30 degrees. I propped that sucker so many times I started to have sweat roll down my face. Mm -hmm. Stopped and took my jacket off. Tried propping it three or four more times. It's like, it should have started by now. I said, well... Does your battery have enough power to power the pump on the fuel injection? 
because I know enough about injected engines to know that they take a little bit more pressure than, oh, maybe not. So they put it on a trickle charger. We go to lunch and come back. Still won't start. Mechanic comes out, takes a look at it, opens up the cowl, and he says, oh, said, uh, you must have had some old wiring on the mags because the, the, the wires just broke. I was never so relieved in my life that something wouldn't start. <laughs> <laughs> my fingers are numb from handling this aluminum prop in 30-degree weather. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I can see myself. The engine will start. It will run over me. I will be baloney. Several slices. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'm not occasionally full of bologna anyway, but this would have been permanent damage. Yeah. Something you said a minute ago, David, reminded me. I do remember my line boy, um, um, the, my coworker there, who, or my client coworker, who was a line boy. I do remember what airport he was from, Beaumont, Texas. Ah. And who's, who's our favorite son from Beaumont, Texas? Gordon Baxter was from Beaumont, Texas. That's right. Of course. That's and, right. Uh, and, and my line boyfriend apparently cleaned his airplane many, many times. Really? Um, and and didn't, didn't know him, but met him occasionally, you know. But, uh, and Polly didn't know what he did. I think he did. Mm-hmm. I, I, he was tuned in. He he knew aviation. He just didn't get a chance to follow through. And, and we won a we won an award. We did. I Gordon. proudly That's I right. proudly pointed that out to him. Two thousand eleven right. backseat trophy from yeah, Flying Magazine. It was a long time ago now. But yeah, like, it's been a while. Yeah, more like nine or ten, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, eleven. No, okay. The plaque says two thousand eleven. He looks at it every day. He touches it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I dust it off once a month. So this is great, because this is exactly what you do on a rainy day at an airport when you can't go flying, is talk about airplanes. Exactly right. Uh, but uh, some people are considering coming here uh, later this week uh, to see some stuff, and so what, 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 what good reason would be there for them to come here? I was in the, picking up my luggage at, at Tampa uh, just this afternoon, and on one of the big video screens that's constantly cycling through uh, advertising, Suddenly, this is a big Sun and Fun poster comes up. You know, it's like, come to the Sun and Fun flying, you know, uh, April 10 through whatever it is, 16. Um, and uh, and it show and it, I had forgotten because it shows the featured thing being the Thunderbirds. Are the Thunderbirds still here? Or? Nope. No. Yeah, because they had an incident uh, about a month ago. No, or so. they had an accident last week. Last week. Wednesday. Ooh, more recently. Uh, they were, uh, they'd, they'd been flying a practice out of Nellis. And something went wrong with uh, one of their F-16s, and the uh, pilot was unable to eject in time, died in the crash. Uh, of course, the automatic with the military after an event like that is to, uh, for the squadron to stand down. Because mm-hmm. the first thing they need to know is whether anything went wrong with the airplane sure. itself. Sure, yeah. And then they start examining their practices, their procedures, and, and going to... So, friend of mine here, uh, John Bartholomew, he's been here for three and a half months, uh, an early bird, helping get the showgrounds ready. I was driving to Jeb's Thursday, and the cell phone rings, and I look down, and it's John, so I push a little button on my hearing aid device, and hello, John, how you doing? He goes, hey, Dave, where are you? Well, I'm on Interstate 4, headed towards 75, headed to Sarasota. Are you coming to Sun and Fun? Yeah, I'll be up there on Sunday. Did you hear about the crash? What crash? Thunderbirds. Uh Uh-oh. Called me back the next day. Said they just canceled. So we're not getting the Thunderbirds here. Uh, 
the military is supplying some replacement hardware for the entertainment of the folks here. Mm-hmm. So we won't be without lots of thundering noise and high-speed passes and Mach point nine nine. Converting your tax dollars into noise. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean that there won't be a kilo alpha air show level here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all week long after that, now that the ugly weather is gone behind yeah. us. Yep. Um, there's all kinds of things, good things. Yeah, one yeah. of the big, I, I, I don't want to focus just on warbirds, but there is, isn't one of, isn't like one of the B-29s here or something like that? Or, or, or I didn't see one. I saw a 17 over there, but I haven't been out there today. Yeah, I remember hearing. But I think we would have heard about the if there was a, a, a dock or a Fifi yeah, coming. I, yeah, that might not have been one of them, but there was some notable, you know, sort of one or two of a kind. Well, that, those warbird. are the only two uh, 29s yeah, flying. Yeah, yeah. But there was a really uh, original-looking uh, 17 sitting out on the ramp. Okay, nice. Yeah. And uh, several other warbirds, a couple of big T-28s, which... I, I just love those. Yeah. You know, they they stand about 15 feet tall at the tail, and uh, they were a high-performance trainer for yeah. uh, guys going to jets. They were used as light attack aircraft in uh, in uh, Korea and Vietnam. Uh, thundering engines, huge fuel burn, mm-hmm. uh, armored up. Uh, guy I used to know that ran an airplane company in Wichita. It was in partnership with one, and he sold it before I ever got my promised ride in the uh, backseat of it. So if anybody's out there, I would take that offer any time this yeah, week. Absolutely. Yeah, right. really, really. Yeah, absolutely right. You were talking earlier about Paradise City, the uh, ultralight slash LSA area. Um, and uh, one area that I haven't been to in a few years and I really want to try and make it down to is go all the way down to Choppertown. Yeah, that's that's definitely worth worth the trip. Yeah, it's a little it's it's more than a little bit. It's way off the beaten path. Yeah, well, it's yeah. about a mile and a half east of where we're yeah, sitting it's now. It's at the very, very edge of the of but the, they, the show They have grounds. trams to yeah. take you down there so you and, don't have uh, to work up a go down and Because you see all kinds of i mean you see some sort of tr- yeah, making finger quotes here traditional hel- helicopters but you'll see a lot of really interesting unusual designs and large ones and small ones and they've had ultralight helicopters home-built helicopters a uh, number of gyros down there uh something that amy could talk about it to great length because she is a uh, gyrocopter instructor yeah, that's well, that's what I was going to say. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know reason. about the instructor part, but I knew she was a fan. I actually, that's one of the things I helped her with down there a bunch of years ago. I went down because she wanted to take some pictures while she was doing a flight of a uh, kind of this cool uh, enclosed auto gyro. Um, I remember that bright yellow, as I recall. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that yeah, was no, a cool she's she's a uh, uh, a gyrocopter uh, CFI. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, I want to get down to uh, to the uh, to Chopper Town. That would be a lot of fun. Um, as always, I always look forward to Saturday morning. The balloon launch is is just just very very cool, and a lot of fun. And there is not a more colorful bit of flying done on the field than the balloon launch every year. And if we're lucky, the winds will be calm and drifting out of the uh, northeast, because that means the balloons will come right back over the showgrounds here, where everybody can see them. And hopefully they won't do what they did the first year I saw that happen. It's one of the balloonists tangle up with the antenna on the air show performer's tent. <laughs> I never heard about that. That's Yeah, okay. Oops. Not, nothing bad happened. They knocked the antenna off its okay. mast. All right, yeah. So they had to get some got people back in there to get, to get it going again. Did they invite that balloon pilot back? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Excuse me. Another thing I like to do when I'm here, and I don't think I've done this in a couple of years either, but I really... Um, so there's a spot out just on, just beyond the public flight line um, on the grass where they uh, marshal people to give rides. Um, they give rides, as I recall, um, usually in a biplane of some sort. Uh, there'll be a biplane that lands on the grass there and taxis back and uh, and picks up, you know, reloads. And then, and I believe a, a usually sometimes a helicopter, like even a Huey of some sort, will come in there. And the thing I like is that when the the approach to that little grass strip there comes right over a part of the public flight line that you can get out to. So basically, if you position yourself correctly, this biplane will just come, and it's very, very cool because the biplane's like, you know, it engines at idle, and it's, you almost hear it going whoosh through the air, you know, as it's, as it's descending down to yeah, touch down usually, on the grass. Yeah, he's usually in a slip so he can yeah, see the runway. Exactly. You know, the wires are whistling on. For years, I don't know what, what it is right now, but for years it was an airplane called the New American Standard. That sounds, that rings a bell, yeah. Uh, that was a 30s era airplane. Yeah. And his last name escapes me, but I flew with, uh, with them once to get photographs of the grounds from the air. And we paid our money and we took our flight and guy introduced himself, Joe. Okay, Joe. Come to find out, it was the same Joe that set a freefall record. Joe Kittering? That's him. Oh, that guy, yeah. Yeah, That's... I had no idea who he was. He just introduced himself as Joe, and I was talking to a couple of people later on and said, so uh, how'd you get these pictures? And I said, well, I went out and paid for the biplane ride. You flew with Joe? <laughs> yeah. Why? Don't you know who he is? Uh, well, I, I know he's a biplane pilot. Uh, why? And then I got the whole story about the free fall from, I think it was 106,000 Some feet. crazy height, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't broken until about uh, two or three years ago, and he was a counselor. Oh, okay. So the guy, your, your guy is the guy who did it way back when? Way, way back, back when. in the 50s. <clears throat> Not the one who, okay, when, yeah. Okay. When he was young pup in the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. There you go. Yeah. He was an Air Force officer, yeah. and he, uh, yeah. he did that. It was testing space gear. Uh, in advance of when we really had a space program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so very cool. Anything, Jeb, you're looking forward to the, you know, either this year or in general that you like to check out every time you? Come I always here? like to wander the flight line. I like to wander through uh, warbirds. Um, the hangars with the the vendors in there. It's always interesting and whatnot. But uh, getting out to see the static displays, uh, the new aircraft. You know, it's always. It's a part of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about Paradise City. Get down there and, and watch some of that activity. Uh, but just, you know, soak up the vibes, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you the top of my list that I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah. Blue sky. Yeah. <laughs> Dry ground. Yeah. Well, it's Florida in nearly the summertime. That doesn't happen often. Well, you know, it's, it's unlikely there'd be a tornado, though. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Although... We do remember the one year. We do remember the one year when... Uh, yeah, we do. We when, do. Uh, I was standing right in that doorway. That's my best YouTube video on my entire channel, all right? It's a YouTube video I was shooting through the window there, and it would have even double views if you guys hadn't dragged me away from the window. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that was the year the iPad showed up. It was? Okay. That was the first year of the iPad, and I was standing in Building A, and... This guy's given a demonstration of this iPad and this new software, and it's playing weather. And I l- looked at it for a couple of minutes. Is, is that live? 
Yeah, yeah it is. That was the question. Because <laughs> living in Kansas, you learn to recognize these progression of color changes. I said, so is this live or is this on a loop from the memory? And he goes, oh, no, this is live. This is what you get. I said, you see that spot? And he goes, yeah, that's severe weather. I said, yeah, that's right there. Ah, uh, uh, folks, they're emptying out the buildings. We're going to close up. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that was, they were right. It was crazy. It, 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 yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, I was not a fan of uh, using iPad for uh, – weather and navigation earlier on because okay. early on the ipads didn't have gps and digits indigenous to it you had to add something to it mm-hmm. you had to have software to make it work and right. you had to have software to get the weather and they didn't always play well together right so we're at oshkosh still 2010 and one of our writers on the show daily their, their venture today is doing a story about this stuff and he's showing me uh, some software that they gave him to play with and we're looking at the weather and it shows this major storm it's major storm up by appleton wisconsin 20 miles north and i just came in from outside and he's showing me this and i said uh man there's something wrong with this i said what do you mean it looks you know, it plays great you can see the weather up there i said no 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 that weather's right here. And he went to open the door of the office, and the wind bloody well came close to jerking the door out of his hand. Mm-hmm. And, jerking it. and then it, sheets of rain came down, and he comes back in, and he goes, uh, I see what you mean. Maybe this isn't ready for prime time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I think we're sort of reaching the end of our allotted time here. Um, do, so do, do you want to postpone the board meeting to one of the dailies? We or? can postpone it. All right, so stay tuned, folks. To make sure you listen to the dailies, and eventually you'll get whatever it is Jeb wants to talk about at our board meeting. We, we did talk about it. Oh, we did? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that. Oh, okay. I was oh, talking, that. Oh, oh, return to flight. Okay, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk more. I mean, hopefully. We're, I expect no, 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 we'll no, no, no. talk about that we, a lot as time we, goes we, on. We, we, t- we were talking about the uh, badges. Of course, we don't need no stinking badges. Oh, that. Well, we didn't talk about that on the air, though. We talked about that after. Yeah, we're we did, we talk, did talk yeah. about that. That's we a board meeting. That's, that's a board meeting. Oh, yeah, all right. Okay, maybe we'll talk about that later on. Anyways, okay. Well, all right, that's it. Um, we're here at the uh, the 2018 edition of Spring Break for Pilots, the Sun and Fun Flying, and uh, uh, the guests of our f- great, great friends at Sun and Fun Radio. And we'll be here all week long uh, hanging out. Um, and uh, the uh, like I said, we'll be doing, uh, uh, like I think Dave alluded to, we'll be doing uh, uh, UCAP dailies uh, all week long, uh, more or less one a day um, throughout the week, um, posted probably every morning, kind of watch the stream at that time. And uh, keep you informed. The, 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 the UCAP dailies, for anyone who's not familiar, are much more, ca- as if this isn't casual, but are, are much more casual. <laughs> if you think this is casual, yeah. wait till you yeah. listen to a daily. But uh, the dailies we do from out on the grounds, we just take a digital recorder and we go out and, and find some place that uh, something's going on and we just talk about what we're seeing or what we've been doing or whatnot. And, and, and the dailies are a lot of fun. I, I enjoy the dailies a lot and we get a lot of good feedback on the dailies. So we'll be doing dailies um, um, each day throughout the week. Um, and uh, uh, and Jeb will be with us, so the three of us will be, uh, you know, there's like the, the authorities. Well, as we've been told, we no longer need to notify the authorities. They know. They know, yes. Yeah. They, uh, we have 
GPS trackers now. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, is that what that is on your ankle? Yeah. yeah. That is, right. I that's keep, what that I is. I keep kicking my left leg for some reason. Yeah, that's right. And we'll be back Sunday morning to and, do this on the deck again. And we will be back on Sunday morning. So with that, then that one will that'll be live again on liveatc.net slash uh, sun and fun. Is it SNF or SNF radio? What's the? SNF. SNF. Just SNF. Um, Oh, there it is right there on the wall. Um, so you'll be live there on Sunday morning, and then that will go on our stream probably Monday or maybe not till Tuesday morning, but that, that'll get up in the next couple of days. Did our banner after. get up? It is. Our banner. Okay. okay. Yeah, we, we proudly show our colors here okay. at the, uh, in the front of the radio station. Anyways. I've been coming in the side entrance. I didn't, you know. That's enough blathering. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun to get. This is the first time we've been all three of us face-to-face since, like, last summer. Yeah. Uh, at that air show up the road. And uh, so uh, it's always great to, to get together. Always a pleasure. And do this thing, right? It's, it, it, it's fun. We should probably yeah. do this for another 11 or 12 years. Big thanks to our pal J- uh, Dave Schalbetter. I give him a lot of, uh, of uh, foolishness, but uh, he's a great friend, and he's been a great supporter of ours all these years, and uh, he welcomes us back every year, even though he probably ought to know better. Um, and we really, really appreciate yeah. um, that. Dave's great people, except he just has this judgment thing that, you know, (laughs) every now and then just bad judgment, letting people like us on the air. People like us, that's right. So uh, we got to thank Brian, our engineer, for keeping us covered. Appreciate it, Brian. We appreciate your uh, keeping us uh, from talking too loud and uh, and pointing fingers at us in appropriate moments. So uh, I'll. I think that's it for now. That's uh, you're, you're Jeb Burnside, and I'm I Jack are. Hodgson. Uh, that's Dave Higdon, who might have something he wants to say to us. Hey, this is a great place to, to grow old but not die because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. TTFN. <laughs>